Greetings, salutations, hello everyone, and welcome, cool cats and cuties. This is the anime podcast of some sort. It is an anime podcast. We talk about the Japanese stuff, the cartoons, the comic books, or, or the animus and the mangas, as as the cool kids like to say. But we, we talk about other stuff, too. I'm David Majors. I'm also DJM. I, I do stuff at DeltaJuliaMike.com and a few other things with some friends. My co-host, Jack Noir. What's up, Jackson? Hello, Shaw. It's fantastic. We got a lot to talk about. Lots of anime. Actual anime. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. actual anime-related stuff on APOS. So let's just jump right in. We got, like, legit big-ass news that everyone's talking about, Jack. First of all, the Battle Angel Alita trailer has come out. It has dropped, and everybody's talking about it. Of course, the classic sci-fi manga that is being adapted by James Cameron. He's been working on it for longer than he was working on Avatar. Uh, and now it is being directed by Robert Rodriguez. And now we have our first trailer. And it has definitely caused some discussion. Uh, it's caused discussion online. It's caused discussion offline with me and all of my o- OG anime fans that are <clears throat> 30-ish and older. So... Let's get into this. Jack, did did you see this trailer? Did you see the Alita trailer? I did. And I got to say, there are some things. There are some things that come to mind with this. It's uh, I think the first word to come to the thought of it is uncanny. Uh, yes. It's very uncanny, very unusual. But I didn't have a bad time watching it. I mean, it's a trailer. Can't really waste a lot of time. Uh, David's. Uh, so this is a series that I know we've we've talked about before that uh, you have experience with. So tell me, what's going through your head with this? What was going through my head when I saw the trailer was the fact that yes, it is very uncanny valley sci-fi. The first thing we see is the titular character Alita with. The eyes. Let, let's not beat around yeah. the bush. Let's just talk about the eyes. And my first thought was, okay, they're really going for the uncanny valley, sci-fi, man-machine, blurring the lines, all of this stuff. Now, longtime listeners of the podcast will know that uncanny valley, man-machine, sci-fi, cyberpunk stuff is, as the kids like to say, my aesthetic. This is DJM's aesthetic AF, as they say. So I was instantly hooked by it because this is something that I really appreciate just for the fact that it is meant to show the idea. And this is what science fiction is about at its core. It's supposed to be about the idea that mankind can expand its vision to the future and what we do with what we have and how we use it. And there is this idea of the singularity. Uh, Jack, if you're, if you're familiar with this and I'll just uh, muse about futuristic science stuff for a minute, Uh, the singularity is the idea where man and machine will eventually become indistinguishable from one another. And 
when they talk about the uncanny valley, it's the idea in sci-fi that's very prevalent in sci-fi where there is a level of humanity and familiarity in non-human entities that makes us as a species very uncomfortable in the idea that it is too close to being human. It is very, very close, and it's uncanny, and we're in the uncanny valley of the idea that this this robot that we're seeing in the trailer, Alita, is pretty close to being human, aside from a few visual quirks. And I think that might have really thrown a lot of people off, especially people that have really a one-track mind where it's just anime, 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 or manga, manga, manga. They kind of have the the weeaboo blinders on, and they got upset by seeing Alita have these large eyes. They thought, oh, they're just doing this because it's anime. No. If you know James Cameron and you know Robert Rodriguez, you know that these are two gentlemen who understand genre films and they understand genres that are not necessarily mainstream American films or or things that audiences that are your regular American moviegoer or television viewer are used to. They're, They're not used to these types of things. James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez understand these kinds of things and I feel like that this was absolutely by design. It is meant to be it's meant to be a little weird. Like Jack, I don't know if you saw Blade Runner 2049. I don't know if you saw that recently. Yeah, that that had a lot of the same kind of principles to it is that there were design elements meant to incur those kind of feelings of man versus machine or man and machine together. So yeah, and the idea that Absolutely. man and machine are getting a little too close to being the same thing. And depending on how you feel about the singularity theory, it's going to invoke a certain kind of emotion. So I think if you take the anime blinders off for a second and look at this as a sci-fi movie, you're going to be intrigued. And I will say at the very least from the trailer, from the cast, of course we saw... Christoph Waltz, we saw Mahershala Ali, and again, Robert Rodriguez as the director. I'm leaning towards saying this could work as a sci-fi film. Whether it is, as they say, true to the source material, I don't know. And personally, I don't care. I just want it to be good. Are you going going to uh anticipate this being any better or any worse than the adaptation of ghost in the shell do you have any thought on that right now i think with the people involved it will definitely be better i'm thinking the the same thing the direction the cast the development time and that has gone into it i feel like a lot a lot a lot of work has gone into this so i feel like this could be better uh Kind of maybe having a little bit of an excuse to give to the big eyes myself is uh, you can take it far and away from the anime uh, source material premise and just make it, okay, 
what's one of the most uh, commonly human sources of expression. People will constantly look at the eyes. It's a big focal point of the face. You're typically going to look there first to read emotions. So the idea of, okay, machine, make the eyes very large, very, um, very empathetic, that kind of thing. I would think that would maybe play into it a little bit. That's just my own little two cents on it. But uh, I definitely had some excitement and uh, it sounds like you were excited and we'll just see how this goes and whether it, I don't think it has to, but I don't think it will necessarily blow up and be a huge trash fire, but uh, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to flatline. I don't think it will be something that just kind of is forgotten. At the very least, it'll be a modest blockbuster, I think. I'm of Just the for people who are curious and then those who are excited. That kind of like Blade Runner 2049, it will make enough money to be seen as a moderate success. I think yeah. that like Blade Runner, sci-fi fans will go to see it. I Everybody think so, else, probably not. Yeah, you'll get that crossover of the anime and the sci-fi fans who kind of seem like they're almost the the friends at the dinner table at family gatherings and they just kind of click and understand each other, but they don't usually mix. They they don't contact each other afterwards like they say they will, but when they do hang out, nothing really seems to go wrong. So, I have hopes. I have good feelings and it's it's good to see that this is uh you know, not having any kind of weird uh, production situation. It's it's taking a long time, but we haven't heard anything like, oh, you know, money's gone, or we have to extensively reshoot and re-edit uh, stuff. None of that's come out so far, so no, fingers the, crossed. The, the only major news that came from this movie was James Cameron is working on the Avatar movies, so he's only going to stay on as an executive producer, and Robert Rodriguez is going to do, to direct it. That was the only major news. Other than that, it's been pretty much quiet on the Western front. Kind of like with Blade Runner 2049. That seems to be the movie that I keep comparing this to because I, I don't see anything else that, that it comes close. It has the close. potential. It has the potential. Uh, but... Uh, that's weird that you pick that and not Ghost in the Shell, but I guess that's just from the thought of we want it to be more than a C plus here because that would mean I'm, I'm just so much for a classic look, series like this. I'm trying to look at it from more than the perspective of just in a movie that is based on a manga or an anime, kind of like what I was trying to do with Ghost in the Shell, where I was trying to separate it from the source material and look at it as a film. I'm doing that with Alita as well. So just as a sci-fi film, I feel like yes. there's, there's reason to be hopeful. I think that's the fairest way to uh, compare it. Honestly, I'm just, uh, I'm just pointing it out actually just on the minor note to this. And then we can move on. Uh, I want to recommend to you and then all of our listeners, uh, there's a YouTube channel. You might be familiar with it. If you're a film buff called every frame a painting and they discussed some of the key differences in ghost in the shell, uh, and the remake with ScarJo, And it was very interesting to look through. Uh, they were very, 
uh, neutral, I'd say, on the discussion of whether or not it was a shortcoming uh, or not, the, the live-action version. But they definitely leaned more on the side of, composition-wise, this works better for the animated version. And uh, that's just an interesting watch if you want to look that up. Every frame of painting uh, discussing Ghost in the Shell. So just wanted to put that out there. But uh, big hope on big hope on Battle Angel Alita. Is it just called Battle Angel Alita? I, I haven't. Uh, uh, the, the manga is Battle Angel Alita. Uh, the movie will be called Alita Battle Angel. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, distinguish it a little bit. All right. Make well, of that what you will. Uh, ho- so, hopeful thoughts, Jack. Uh, yes, th- we're starting on a on a positive note on the old A plus. So we I, certainly I hear are. you've you've got some good news as well. Lots of good news. Uh, first of all, everyone who listens knows I I uh, don't tend to watch anime as it's an ongoing series because I'm a big dub guy, but also just because a lot of it doesn't necessarily appeal to me. But um, not only am I keeping up on Inuyashiki, I've watched another series which uh, has gotten a little bit of some uh, some fan base attached to it. Kind of kind of a big deal, and uh, I've got some things to say about that as well. And then I revisited one from a year or so earlier, which broke me, and we'll get into that. But first, Inuyashiki, which is still going. Uh, David, I believe you're on episode nine right now. You're caught up. I am, caught up. Uh, I, I am I am at episode seven. That will be the next one I'll be watching. And uh, we promised that we would kind of keep up on this because it it kind of uh, it ended up almost being this uh, midway point between us. And um, I, I got to say, I'm really, really enjoying a lot of it. Uh, so in in the chunk that I watched from episode three through episode six, that's four episodes a lot happened. That's where we get um, we get to watch Mystery Unyashiki come to more terms with how to deal with becoming this strange cyborg. And uh, he knows to take his shirt off for one thing so it doesn't tear every time he wants to fly somewhere or shoot ballistic missiles every which way. And uh, this was accompanied by one of the most uh, charming I've seen in animation recently, David. That, uh, of course, I speak of when when Mr. Inuyashiki is about to rush to someone's rescue that he hears with his ultrasonic hearing, he has to quell his fear somehow as he's launched into the city skyline. And how does he do that, David? Do, do you remember? I know it must be a little bit fresh in your mind, but uh, it, it just tickled me to death. Do you remember? For the kids at home... Uh, elucidate Jackson. <laughs> he sings the Astro Boy theme song. <laughs> yes, yes, this I was, was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And I was told about this beforehand. Uh, I, I was told, oh yeah, the Astro Boy theme song it happens later on in this series. And I thought, oh, okay, they probably got the, the rights to it to play an instrumental or something. No, no, it's this sweet, poor old man singing by himself, fearfully, as he's flung across the, the city uh, with this complete lack of center of gravity, just flailing his limbs everywhere. But he is so, he might be small, but he is mighty. Astro Boy! Astro Boy! 
And at, it was at that moment that I realized I, I not only appreciated this character for being a unique protagonist on age and personality alone, but that he he genuinely had such a such a charm and heart to him. And uh, I mentioned this on Twitter, and I just wanted to point it out again is. Uh, he would probably have been a child when Astro Boy came out and and was and was an anime, a current anime. So I kind of like that touch where he he could have been a child watching that. And now he has basically become this modern Astro Boy, if Astro Boy could age. What I really and- <laughs> appreciate about about that point and, and another thing about Inuyashiki is that Inuyashiki acknowledges that anime exists. It is an anime that acknowledges that anime exists. Uh, Hiro, the the antagonist, uh, was a One Piece fan uh, before yes. he went crazy, and also we're not all see- like that. Okay, I promise. Okay, I promise. Okay, I've never all broken right. in anybody's house. Okay. I promise. <laughs> and also, they they had a conversation about Gens before. Which uh, was the the, crea- the creator of Inuyashiki's other series. So I like that yes. this is an anime that acknowledges anime exists without being so over the top and lame about it. It's it's just a part of their culture, and you don't see that a lot in really any kind of animated properties or any any kind of fictional properties at all where people acknowledge that other types of fictional art exists that you don't see very often uh, in any kind of cartoon or anime acknowledging another cartoon, unless maybe it's something like an anime acknowledging Superman or something like that, or, or a, an American cartoon referencing some kind of anime and and the two never meet but this was really unique and i really appreciated this about inyashiki uh not to spoil too much jack but the next few episodes really focus in on hero the antagonist and yes i believe episodes Uh, seven eight and nine are building to a pretty big climax where we see hero in what he intends to do, uh, and you've already encountered the the girl and her grandmother that Hudo stays. Oh yes, pubehead. Uh, I do want to I do want to backpedal a little bit and just say that uh, Dave I do tend to watch uh, slightly different genres at times. I'm a big connoisseur of uh, comedy anime uh, that tend to be a little bit more fast and loose when it comes to referencing other things, and they have various ways of acknowledging those things sometimes having to censor themselves or just call it by another thing like oh here's blundum i really love blundum and you know too limited effect i I know i know but there there have been some interesting uses of it for instance the manga version of please teach me gal kochan which i know we spoke about before basically being anime breakfast club uh uh, for, in the words of one reviewer, uh, the main character Galco is a big movie buff, and they actually directly talk about real life movies. There's some parody ones just to get some kind of a pun or a joke across, but for the most part, it will have to do with their conversation of, "Oh yeah, I watched the King's Speech, and I think that Colin Farrell is very hot." And you go, "Colin Firth, not Colin Farrell. What am I doing? 
and 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 it ends up going into a conversation about uh, English gentlemen. It's very it's very bizarre to see that kind of thing. But uh, this is the first dramatic use. You're you're correct, Dave. This is the first dramatic use I've seen where someone is uh, directly talking about stuff. Not to mention uh, an actual work that the author has previously done before. I don't think I've seen that anywhere dramatically uh, in such a in such nonchalant way like people normally would but yes back to hero um there i knew just because this this anime is very very good in the way that it portrays stuff and i'm not saying this to be a bad thing uh but just all the story beats that were happening with hero being uh being in this very sympathetic uh period of time for a lot of his episodes and uh basically living in hiding with uh i do they ever say the girl's name or do we just know her as pubehead because he refused to know her name because he's a horrible person i, I forget i believe they do say her name and i definitely remember reading it on the wiki okay so I, I i'm sure they did despite him being a horrible person and him not remembering he at least has some regard for her and and her grandmother. Some. Some. You can see in his characteristics that he, he almost jokes as a manner of distancing himself, which is not something you see uh, done this subtly in characters usually. It's usually the, the Sundere archetype that makes some kind of snide remark and then you're supposed to remember that they're not they don't like you or anything babaka but this is this is a teenage boy who is just uh he's experiencing this huge fear of intimacy as you can you can see what it's going through his mind is that he almost uh he almost might feel as if he doesn't deserve it because of his actions and what he's become uh it's a very interesting exploration of him However, comma, I, I see I see what they did with all the little story beats and how he was taking his time to kind of ruminate on uh, the consequences of what he'd done. And I knew I mean, it's it's not very it's not like it's not obvious or anything. It's pretty it's pretty evident he's going to go back to doing what he's been doing. But oh, I was just like, yeah. uh I'm I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel that bad for you. I appreciate no, what's no, going on no. here as a story device and I appreciate that you are really unique in the way that you are sympath being painted as sympathetic. I can see that you have these issues. You still suck. And then it happened and he's on the run and I went yep yep I knew but it was all really well done so I was still enjoying myself it wasn't like I was sitting there like this character is completely unlikable because internet bad people who do bad things in fiction can still be interesting and you don't have to agree with them to enjoy their characterization it's insane that I have and to if, say that and if you do agree with them fix yourself Keep it to yourself. Fix yourself yesterday. Yeah. Fix yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't don't and, don't be pointing your fingers at people and shouting bang. I mean, for and, one thing, you'll look really stupid. And Jack, I'll just say when it, when you get to episode nine, um, in that episode, 
All I'm going to say is the title. It's called The People of Shinjuku, which is uh, another right. district in, in Tokyo. And, oh boy. Um, I'll just say that mm-hmm. he, he does continue to do what he's doing, and he also turns it up. Oh, and boy. The, oh, boy. The last few seconds of episode nine, you will be picking your jaw up off the floor. I, I am told by many people who are uh, uh, more ahead than I am that this is an anime that goes knuck and futz around eight and nine. Uh, yep. Really, yeah, one more really quick thing. I think it's episode three or four we want, uh, that you mentioned last time ex- uh, expressed a really unique way of dispensing justice at the hands of Mr. Inuyashiki. Uh, yes. And I just wanted to get back to him because he is a good, positive character. There's, there's the, there's the person you should be trying to emulate because the first thing in his mind when he sees can heal people is to rush to the hospital. Uh, but the, the just that uh, I believe it's episode four. I'm fairly certain it's episode four. That is such a great suspenseful episode, and I'd say to people who. If if you don't have the time to watch the whole series of Inuyashiki, it is a really good standalone episode. And I think, David, you said the same thing last time we talked about it, is it's just a really solid, excellent, well-wrapped-up story with a really great, satisfying conclusion from our friend, Mr. Inuyashiki. Amen. That's all I can say about that. So moving on, uh, David... There's a there's a there's a bee in my bonnet. There's there's that uh, there's that thorn in my side that I have to keep coming back to as a as a fan of animation and trying to keep on uh, the current pulse of everything. It's this little thing. Not a heard of it. It's called Steven Universe. Oh, and I, I have Jackson. to complain. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. What is this thing? I've never heard of it before. Uh, let's just say I watched the anime that just I'm really glad that it is getting some traction because it is ultimately the much better way to handle the concept of people who are sentient gems. I speak, of course, of Land of the Lustrous. If if you look it up to watch it, you have to look up Hoseki no Kuni. But I have every confidence this is going to get a dub because it is... Uh, I wouldn't say it's exploding, but it's getting a moderate fan base and they're very vocal. And I wish to uh, join those voices and recommend this. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about lore, uh, which is expressed far later in the show. uh, But I think it's still relevant and I think you will find it interesting, David, because this the one there are a couple drawbacks to this anime and one of them is that it is fairly slow in the beginning but there is enough visual and uh, action interest to carry you along but there is a lot of slow going before you get to this is uh, I will Earth- say that I, th- I yes. think Land of the Lustrous was one of the shows that I was looking at for it's in season yes. for the fall but when I watched one or two episodes uh, it really did kind of the pace of the show did really turn me off a little bit. So if you're saying that it did pick up some, yes, I'll, I'll, and it I sucks. might give it another look. 
it sucks because I hate to have to say that because I know I've been on the receiving end of it gets better. And I always want to just tell that person, shut the hell up. But it's it's just because it's exactly what we did on season for the fall. That is exactly what we did, because all three shows that we talked about when it hit episode four and five, it was like, boom, all three of them. And, and we're yeah, off and running. Exactly. So that is so true. It really is true. I think there's just some kind of a situation going on with um, a, a trend with Japanese animation right now where they, they have that kind of an issue. And I don't maybe I don't maybe they don't consider it an issue because storytelling uh, is just slower paced there most of the time in general. But uh, so you do know, David, from watching this, that, that this is a CG anime. And I thought I would hate that uh, because uh, many people must know I really appreciate hand drawn, but I can see where it was necessary here and it still looks really nice. They've made the effort to make this not look like a PS2 Tales of game. This looks really excellent and the textures involved uh, to make the the characters hair and uh, bodies look jewel like work really, really nicely. And I can say that it even, even though things on Kutsuo exist, where there have been flat hand-drawn characters with uh, digital textures added on later, I can see why they made the choice to go to CG here. And it works well for the action sequences as well. So Land of the Lustrous, uh, the, the premise is humans are gone, but not forgotten, because they're basically split theoretically split into three different things flesh bone and spirit i I won't go into detail of these things but let's say for the time being that the focus of it is the bone of the humans which are these jewel people uh now the first big difference between this and everybody's favorite rock anime to hate is uh this is a seinen series so it is far more adult in many of its themes. There's much more violence and some adult themes expressed. The feeling of being inadequate feels more of an adult problem here uh, rather than, oh, I'm 14 and act like an eight-year-old on the short bus. I don't belong here. Uh, not to mention people people making these comparisons between Land of the Lustrous and Steven Universe uh, this is not new. The anime is 2017, correct? But this anime, the manga, originally came out uh, a year and eight months before the first season of Steven Universe. And with that, I will let that sink into your bodies and minds and move on to expressly only talk about this anime. You're following Phosphilite, which is nicknamed Foss, and... Uh, the entire anime bases a lot of things on the physical properties of gemstones, David, which I really appreciate because I wanted that from Steven Universe and they don't know how to do that. Mostly because they would cons- – I said I wasn't going to talk about it. Got to complain. Guys, rubies and sapphires are the same stone. They're corundum and rubies are more valuable than sapphires. Maybe that's, that's why they get along so well. God Fucking damn it, though. You can't have Sapphire be the aristocracy and then say that you're going to have the physical properties of sand and pearls and fuck you. But they're they, all so sweet to one another and they And they're all and drawn in five minutes. Ugh. But we follow 
phosphylite. And uh, one of the main uh, characteristics of these dual people are that they all have the properties of the Mohs hardness scale. So uh, that's a that's a scale used by jewelers to declare how tough a substance is, if it can be cracked by other sorts of, of stones or uh, minerals. So obviously diamonds would be the highest, and they do it on a scale of 1 to 10. There are two diamond characters, and they've actually done their homework because there's some interesting characteristics for uh, the, the one that's just called diamond, or dia for short, and then there is the bort stone, which I can't take seriously because Bort, but that is an actual name of a diamond that expresses the hardest resilience and hardness of uh, of a diamond. I have to say, some creative designer out there should start Mm -hmm. making Bort license plates because this will work for the land of the lustrous (laughs) and it will also work for the Simpsons because we need more Bort. We need more Bort license plates. Please. There, there's your old man DJM reference, everybody. There was a time when the Simpsons were <laughs> all the 90s. Bort, take it to the bank, boys. This is just like Bort. And now I've brought it into the land of the contemporary again. But our main character is very brittle. Uh, perhaps the most brittle, even. With a hardness of 3.5 out of 10. So, Foss is weak. And you have to follow Foss for about two or three episodes of I've I've begged this monk who appears human to let me fight. He won't let me fight because I am considered pretty by these Lunarians, as they're called, which I got to say, I love that they're called that because that's such a sci that's such a classic sci fi kind of sounding term Lunarians. I like it. Uh, So Foss is instead doing uh, a natural encyclopedia and an encyclopedia on the nature of this crystal kingdom that they live in. And uh, you follow them around just kind of aimlessly doing things. You get a feel for the characters and what they're all about. And then things get weird. And that's, I I just have to say it's, it's really just one of those things. I hate to be this person right now, but you got to stick it out because it it really, really, really does pick up. There are vast, vastly superior scenes from the beginning of it. Just these establishing shots. You get these big action sequences. You go to different locations besides this admittedly generic looking crystal palace. You go underwater. There's this great sunset scene where we're on this enemy ship. It's really fun. I'm liking it a lot so far. Uh, Good. And all I can all I can say is just stick it out because it's very pretty. Oh, or say, if you really want to look it up, it's Hoseki no Kuni. Would you say that Land of the Lustrous is an anime that rocks? I would say that. And I would say that whilst pointing my finger guns at the person I was recommending it to, and they would immediately ignore any of my opinions for the rest of my days. But it's worth it to make the pun. Amen. You've learned well. <laughs> the last one. And I'll be as brief about this as I can. This is the one. David, uh, this is actually hearkening back to the A3K podcast. This is one of uh, the the salad, not the salad days, uh, one of those uh, twilight days of uh, our time at the anime podcast 
or the A3K podcast. I almost said the anime podcast of some sort. No, that's still going. Come on, Thanks Jack. for listening, Thank everybody. You. We hope you've enjoyed Apos. <laughs> it's over. Moving on to, Jack's moving on to do great things, and I'm just going to fade away and classify myself as obsolete. Oh, no. No, this. Uh, I had to look this up because I remember I had things to say, and it all turned out to be just shouting the title in all caps on Twitter and screeching. But then I moved, I, I went to the show notes for the A3K podcast, and I did say this. I have a migraine, but it was worth it. And so I had to look this up again. I speak of Oso Giga, which I wish there was a different name for it. Uh, David, does this name ring a bell at all to you? Any bells whatsoever? Oso Giga. Uh, I have to say... Uh, looking at the translation, Capital Craze Comic. I kind of like that name, too. But Hyoso Giga, <laughs> uh, off the top of my head, I can't really say that this one rings a bell. So this is how bizarre this anime is, because I thought I had watched the first episode the first time. But apparently uh, there are various versions of this, because this started as an original web animation, not unlike what had happened in the beginning of... Uh, the inception of Little Witch Academia, where that was a free thing to view on YouTube, and then it got a legitimate anime series, which you can view on Netflix and is excellent. Uh, so this was uh, distributed by Toei Animation and is basically, we're going to take the concept of Alice's Looking Glass, remove Alice because we, Japan, have decided to finally move away from that concept and just put in a bunch of crazy shit and call it Kyoto. So the only thing I can say about it so far is, do you want to watch something with anime Darla Dimple from Cats Don't Dance? Do you want to see a middle school age girl throw around a clear hammer with what appears to be a model of the cosmos inside of it? I'm just going to say want to you see something that has Andy the character Rose, Jack. You just kind of described Amy. Rose I very much Sonic. did. I very much did. Yes, this is Amy Rose the anime, but also not really. Uh, but how bizarre it is is the first episode uh, of the original web animation I saw. Uh, it starts you off at the be- at at this uh, in the middle of the action, and the version of the anime proper, which I had to rewatch today and rub my eyes and make sure it wasn't di- different, is. An almost fairy tale like situation with a monk and his new family. It's very fairy tale like. This rabbit he has drawn on parchment with uh, Sumi brush has fallen in love with him and come to life, and the Buddha gets involved, and the Buddha's a woman. And I don't know if you if you want to see something weird looking and is also fairly not taking itself all that seriously, but looks really damn nice. I'd say give it a shot because this is honestly a really nice positive thing to take a look at after the wake of what has recently been going on in reality i've been having some fun with it and i don't see where i got a headache maybe i was just less tolerant of the situation i think maybe the anime style being kind of close to kill i'll kill just gave me a residual headache of ptsd Uh, but we'll never know it's definitely not that because uh you don't see me worried for a second you had me worried I didn't see a still underwears. 
from anyone, not even the the monk who is apparently a man whore. So, you know, we got another one of those. Put him up next to Moroku. But I'm enjoying it. It's very... I have to really pay attention. This is something that even though it's really trying to blindside you with the the visual aesthetic of it, uh, it really has a lot that's going on underneath, and you have to pay attention. Characters are not themselves, and they're... Various versions on either side of this mirror of Kyoto. It's very, very bizarre. So Kyoso Giga. Been having some fun with that. Fun and a half. And everybody, but I David- just did a quick search, and Kyoso Giga is, in fact, on Crunchyroll. So there, there you, go. you go. If you check it out, which I think I might, go ahead and give Jack a, give Jack a tweet at Jack D, Tyler D. And, and I might Please just do. check this out myself. I'm... It's very, I'm, I'm, very fantasy. I've got some bizarre. anime I need to watch. Our fun times. Yeah. Please enjoy. Uh, now to kind of go on to something a little less positive, but we'll pick it up. We'll pick it up, folks, I promise. But this we're, is... Uh, we're still definitely in a very weird place. It's a very weird place. This is, this, is a, this is something that David brought to my attention. So, David, without further ado, I promise there's still more positivity to come. But this must be spoken about this must be spoken about because it is it is a hot topic these days ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between normally on apos it's usually jack that does the diving into the world of things that are strange and and cringeworthy and weird but this time your boy djm in a few late nights of insomnia and not really knowing what to do with himself Stumbled upon Twitch.tv, the site that I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with for its live streaming of video games. People playing video games, uh, esports events, and and just general gaming. Except for the recent growth of a particular category known as Twitch IRL. What is Twitch IRL, you may ask? It is... People on Twitch, live streaming, just stuff. Uh, There will be people that scream under the creative umbrella where they're painting or making music, doing some kind of artistic creation. There will be the gaming content where it's people that are content creators, Twitch personalities, playing games and interacting with the audience. There's the esports events where you'll see the big fighting game events, the big games like League of Legends, Counter Strike Global Offensive, the esports stuff. Twitch IRL is really none of those things. But to go back in time a few years, because hashtag old man DJM, let's talk about Twitch's older brother, Justin.tv. Jack, do you remember Justin.tv? I do remember Justin.tv. All right, so I didn't watch it, but I remember it. Pepperidge Fire always remembers. Was a live blog experiment where people could stream their lives. They could stream themselves going to the store. They could stream themselves during their day. They could stream themselves sitting in front of their computer, just chatting with whoever was in the chat room. When I describe <laughs> Twitch IRL. I'm pretty much describing the the descendant of Justin.tv. 
And man, this really gives you a look into all colors of the human condition, Jackson. You see the weird, you see the beautiful, you see the ugly, and you see everything in between. And yes, that brings us to the issue of certain things that you see. There are two very important things. Two very important things. There are personalities on Twitch in the IRL category that have drawn up some controversy. Uh, more often than not, they are young, attractive women. Some will play video games, some will do other things, whether it's dancing, uh, eating, like it's mukbang in Korea. Dropping titty? Well, no, because Twitch is... They they have a very hard line of of being PG-13. That is something that Twitch does have a very hard you-will-get-fucking-banned line on. However, there's plenty of cleavage. There's plenty of cleavage. So dropping cleaves. Get these girls in Land of the Lustrous, because look at that cleavage. Uh, a, a lot a of these, a, a lot of these ladies would probably ask for a new set of of boobs because there's a lot of cracks in them. Mm-hmm. This has caused the ire of a lot of people out there on the internet that don't like the idea that attractive women are garnering fans who support them financially simply by. Streaming themselves, being scantily clad and just being on the internet and just kind of doing whatever. There's really none in particular that, that there's really nothing in particular that they could do. And then there's really nothing in particular that they can do. Now, Jack, I will say, admittedly, I have watched a few of them. And what I have found... To, to my own surprise, is that a lot of them actually do play video games. Uh, they might do the IRL stuff and just interact with the chat room. They're, they're regular viewers who show up to more of their streams than, than few and actually talk with people and have a conversation with them, whether it's through the chat or through Discord or through Skype or whatever. And then they will actually play games. To which I say, cool, that's pretty much exactly what Twitch was built for. You're building a community around live streaming video games, right? Exactly. Ain't that that what it is? On the other hand, there is the other side of the the so-called titty streamers, as they're called. The ones who don't really play games or... They really kind of stretch the boundaries of what could be considered creative on Twitch. Mm. And mm. I don't know how I feel about this, Jack. Because putting my own cisgendered heterosexual dudeness aside, I feel very conflicted about the whole Twitch IRL thing. Because on one hand I absolutely agree. Who am I to tell anyone how they can generate income for themselves? Who am I to do that? Who am I? 
at the same time, I feel as though this is... It's hard for me to put this into words because, again, I know I have no right to tell anyone anything about this, but when you see someone that live streams for like 10 hours a day on what is still a mainly gaming platform that is for gaming, and not only are they not playing video games, they're not making cosplay, they're not painting, they're not drawing, they're really not doing anything at all, but they're just kind of there. That is something that I can't go so far as to say I'm against, but it is something that I question. I question I'm definitely against. I, I question the people that one support the ones that really aren't doing anything. And I question I question their I question their reasoning and I question I question the personalities themselves and I wonder who when it comes down to it, I think it's a matter of exploitation. And I wonder to myself when it comes to Twitch IRL, who's really being exploited here? Is it the person that's running their stream? Or is it the people that are contributing to the Twitch producer? Who's the one really being exploited here? And I'm still working on my feelings about that, Jack. I'm I'm still working it out. Well, without ever seeing any of these Twitch IRL, only knowing what I do about various forms of playing video games, of being a creator uh, of art and such, I've I've got some feet. So if you'd allow me, uh, I'll start this off by saying, here's what the parents always told me. You can get by on looks alone for 15 minutes. And after that, you better damn well know something. You better know how to do something. I've had a love-hate relationship. Well, not a love-hate relationship. Kind of an uh, indifference-hate relationship with vlogs on YouTube for the longest time. There are some, regardless of the personality behind them, that do a fairly good job of the static face cam, talk about generic news, maybe bring in their own opinions on things. There are some who will... Uh, you know, just talk about their day. But my issue with them is a lot of these people, you know, around uh, maybe the maybe the midpoint of uh, yours and my age, David, is they haven't really done anything yet and they're not very interesting. And they'll have these videos strictly of I got prints in the mail for my P.O. box because somebody likes me talking at them for 20 minutes every single day. And I don't like that people have rewarded that. It just seems so self-centered to me, especially when it's nothing but agree. them talking about their day. Yeah. I comple- so I completely agree with that and then what goes back to what I said about exploitation. Those yes. people that are talking in front of their camera, they're the ones that aren't particularly super interesting. 
But the people that are mailing them stuff and the people that are supporting their Patreons or subscribing to them so they can get ad revenue, it really makes me wonder, like, what are they missing from their lives to where they have to do this? And that, to me, I think about how many people out there are not doing those kinds of things that are... And I don't mean this yeah. in a mean-spirited way. They don't have friends. I'm, they don't have a I mean, girlfriend. The no, less, I, I would. The less interesting people than that. And yeah, only because I, I personally am not that far from that, personally, I have a level of empathy for them. But I wonder, there should be better resources for your money. My my issue is when they'll get these care packages, these people who are in front of the camera just talking about their day, not really doing anything creative, like you say. Uh, these sorts of folks that you might see just on Twitch IRL, uh, they will get care packages of people who have made them things. They will have made them stuff that they might have talked about having an interest in. They might have drawn them some artwork of their family or their pets or whatever. And... When that stuff shows up, that's what pisses me off because I'd rather see the person who made that do a broadcast of them making that than the person who is receiving it and going, oh, this is very nice. That's that's what bugs me about these kinds of things is these I, – I, they might not necessarily not be creative. They're, they probably have uh, talents they have. But they're not being creative about the content that they're putting out and they're getting creative gifts and and uh, and notoriety like that. And that's just kind of – that's distressing. I do have other points about video gaming but uh, just uh, if there's anything more you have to say on the, the more vloggy aspects of these for Twitch IRL, uh, do, do you think that there's any kind of – regulations or solutions that could be put forward by Twitch? Or do you think they're just kind of aware that this is something that's going to happen and they've just accepted it? A lot of people that run websites, they have this kind of romanticization for the wild West internet where anything goes and it's all whatever, as they say. Um, disclaimer, I I do know someone that I consider a friend that is a Twitch employee that does work for Twitch. And this is something that I have not brought up with this person, and I don't think I will, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to this. So, I feel like the people at Twitch are definitely aware, but I feel like everyone knows the hard line that they set is that Twitch is still, at the end of the day, a site where nudity is a ban. That, that's still clear-cut. And things like, for example, there was someone that actually got into a domestic dispute uh, while their stream was still running. That person was banned with extreme prejudice. Uh, there was someone that was a streamer uh, that that was kind of a, a a live streamer in the IRL category, but they also have a Patreon, 
And their Patreon uh, for contributors of a certain amount would see more risque and let's say TVMA photo shoots, uh, nudes, as the kids say. I, I was trying to be delicate about it, but I'll just say it, nudes. The nudes. And they got banned for that. So I feel like Twitch has a certain level of regulation to it, which I can respect to a degree. However, this all comes down to what people are willing to watch and what entertains them. And just to put my straight heterosexual guy hat back on, this is kind of difficult for me. Because, one, I enjoy seeing attractive women. However, comma, when I see that there are people on Twitch that aren't really doing anything, it's not going to hold my interest for very long. However, Exactly, because you want there to be more to this person. I will also say that there have been some people that I have seen in the IRL category that I looked at, I followed, I joined their chat room, I started chatting with them, and then they started playing video games. They, they were playing, one was playing Call of Duty World War II, a game I'm really not that interested in. But that person was a cool enough personality where I stuck around, and the people in the chat room were cool enough to where I stuck around. There was another that... And I'd say that works. That does have a, a good lot of personality. Steam games where they 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 stay in IRL for a little bit and then they have some Steam games that they play, and I I hung around, so it's and again the, these were women. I, I will admit that I'm I'm being a straight dude. I'm a pig. Everyone out there that says David's such a great guy, I'm not. I'm 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 straight man trash just like all the others. I am. So it is definitely a it is a balancing act and it's a matter of if you're putting in some effort into into what you're doing then you should get a chance but if you're just kind of showing off the goods I I question mm-hmm. that I I question it I question it on all sides so I hear what you're saying. So I think this is kind of a way to move into the video game playing aspect of these. Uh, but would you say that it wasn't so much their appearance that made you stay, like that might have made you click, but what made you stay was ultimately that they had a personality and charisma? Because yes. I think that would make a key and, difference. And for, And also, the games they were playing were interesting. There you go. There you go. I think that's uh that would be a key part of it is, you know, maybe maybe the more successful versions of these Twitch IRL are going to be people who have humor and everything to that. So that being said, here's what my own experiences have been with Twitch and I'm going to get a little back into YouTube here is there are many different ways to showcase you playing video games. There is the the screen on, voice in the background, voiceover situation, which is very popular with YouTube Let's Players. There's also the that that also tends to happen with some of the streams that I uh, streamers I follow on Twitch, such as Proton John, who also incidentally happens to just be 
humorous and tends to bring people on so he has something to say. Also more on that later. There's the face cam version, which I'm a little bit against most of the time because it tends to take up more and more space, especially on Twitch. The, the, the size of the screen t- tends to be just more of a 40-60 ratio uh, of face to screen of the game than on YouTube, which still has some really obnoxious face cam people where it's more of a 20-80 ratio. Uh and uh, a lot of these people, many a time, especially on Twitch, such as speedrunners, especially since they tend to be alone, will just kind of, they won't, this is something I really wish could be reinstated. You know, David, in school, you were told to restate the question in your worksheets, that kind of thing. I know it's been forever since the Paleozoic era when you were in uh you know, primary school, but true, true. Work with me. This is back when Detroit public schools were actually decent. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I kind of wish that we could entreat these pe- people to do that. Because you'll watch, and there's just silence. Yeah, the the thing with that is the frame data. Just what did they say? That could be important news, which is why I staunchly support things like. Uh, AGDQ, Awesome Games Done Quick, and then its summer counterpart, Summer Games Done Quick, where there's a huge crowd and a uh, typical amount of uh, maybe three to four people who speedrun the game are on the couch, as they call it, and they discuss the mechanics of the game. So then the person who is occupied with running the game doesn't have to carry the conversation all by themselves, And I think it's, that works really well. It's the way esports commentary has done, is done. It's re- yes, exactly. That stuff works really well. And so there's also that kind of a level of it. And then there's, I, I see that. So that's almost, uh, um, I see more, more males who, running having that issue but then the other side of it is what you've expressed which is most of the time it's just a girl in cute tight clothing and she's really bad at a video game and it's really more about seeing her expressions and what she look like rather than what she's doing and that kind of thing so you've got this you've got this huge well no not not you the the poor the purpose of the whole stream is that because they know what they got and they flaunt it so you're not at fault you're just in the trap yes i am which is acceptable it's it's fine it happens uh so it's not necessarily it's not necessarily a bad no i don't call anyone trash unless they are one of these people that uh have been called out for being a horrible person like well moving on from that there's there's a huge there's a huge huge scope of these things who that have various problems on both YouTube and on Twitch. And I can see these problems seem to be amplified on Twitch IRL. I have some ideas. You can the fact that these girls are doing the gaming stuff on the IRL, if that's correct, if I had that right, is a little confusing to me. But you know what I think the IRL could be useful for if you were going to do gaming stuff anyhow because you weren't allowed to do this before. I've seen people try and attempt to do it on Twitch, but now with the advent of Twitch IRL, which Twitch kind of being this typical gaming situation uh, to most people, 
and I'll get into that again in a second, but uh, people tried to play tabletop games with very distinct camera setups, but there's no way to uh, search and uh, enter these games in the game database on your stream if you're in the gaming section. So you could instead go into Twitch IRL and title, hey, this is Proton John, we're playing Cards Against Humanity, or super fight or something D&D that would be a really great use of it I think you, you have friends that, over and you play that board I games. follow uh, does D&D regularly yeah yeah I think that would be a really great use of it you know things like harm and quest were so uh crazy popular they basically became the advertisement for the streaming service that they were on uh that kind of stuff is really useful especially since you've almost got the geek quotient built your audience because it is Twitch. Now, David, you mentioned creative really quickly, and I did have a couple of complaints, but uh, Twitter's been kind of blowing up about that. Maybe not in response to Twitch IRL, but just because it's Twitch. So I did want to bring this up because this seems to be the Twitch roast, the roast of Twitch. Uh that because Twitch is such a predominant gaming streaming platform for the most part, uh, which it seems to have permeated Twitch IRL, there seems to be a much larger lack of interest in uh, the creative section. And I think maybe Twitch IRL might also be uh, moving towards hurting it. Because when you say you're a Twitch streamer, most people might think you're playing the games. They might not think that you would paint or draw or whatever. But maybe you don't have the right computer set up. You don't uh, particularly have any games that you are comfortable with streaming. This is a purely hypothetical example. Professorjack.twitch.tv what, do, you, do you think that might have something to do with it? Just as we keep getting more and more of these compartments that there, there's going to be maybe a chance that Twitch will be stops being seen as the gaming uh, t- streaming service? Or do you think I that's even possible? Actually. I don't actually. Because there is still one behemoth that is still growing. And that is esports. esports I think you're right is a bubble that is not yet ready to burst. And in fact, it is still growing, uh, regardless of what genre or what game you choose to play. Big eSports is here, and it's still growing. And because major television networks in the United States have not caught on, Twitch is still the place to go. You'll see for major eSport events... You'll see hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions of views for major events over the course of a weekend. So as long as esports are still as big as they are and pro gaming and gaming personalities and gaming on the internet is still very much a ubiquitous thing in in our lives, I believe Twitch will still be very much seen as a gaming platform. I think so. I think so too. Because what we have so far in Twitch IRL, it sounds like the gaming is creeping in there. There is the huge factor of esports, which can't help but really get 
any of us excited. I know that you have been expressing your hype and I get hype too. It's a, it's a hype thing. And then just the fact that it is initially been known as just for gaming. I think that it's really not going to change anytime soon, which is really frustrating because I think the creative section is frustratingly just kind of there. And now that there's Twitch IRL, people won't necessarily feel the need to even have to do anything because they'll see these people. Oh, they're just talking to the chat. That means I don't have to try because if there's one thing predominantly in America, but there could be outliers elsewhere that we really love. It's low effort fame as a concept, especially over the internet. So this is something to keep our eyes on, I think, just as a phenomenon. Uh, keep me posted on the titty streamers, and uh, uh, I will continue to watch I'm the sorry. good streams. No, I'm, I didn't even say that being being to be rude. I'm just like, if if there's good shit going on, let let us let the listeners let us all know because that would be kind of kind of a good thing. Let's let's highlight the good, and I'll continue to watch. Uh, better streams like proton john <laughs> and i'll always okay, watch maximilian dude there's the I'll always watch yes well. agreed agreed a swell fellow and then of course oh, there is agdq coming up this uh this upcoming year within within a month and that's exciting that is exciting there is something else exciting <sighs> jack there's some good news there, there's some actual Yes, Good, let's get back on the positivity. Wonderful news for everyone everywhere in the name of Good. Jack, we're going to keep this real short and real sweet. Yes. Prison school is ending. Yes. Yes. Where is that little uh cabin in the woods uh gif when you need it to with the little Japanese girl holding up the frog? The evil has been defeated. Oh my it, god, it was about fucking time. Restored. I, I saw this story on Otaku USA uh, a couple of days ago and just saw that the prison school manga is coming to an end. It was like, it's a Christmas miracle, ladies and gentlemen. It is a Christmas miracle. And in fact, it's it's ending on the on the release of December 25th. So there you go. In Young Magazine, uh, which has the manga, Prison School is coming to an end. And if any of you out there listen to It's In Season, uh, the season before I went on my break, uh, I believe it was in summer of 2016, we tried with Prison School. We didn't make it. We, we dropped it. And it was It was horrible. And for whatever reason, people liked it, is. it because it's, I don't know. It was, it was awful. It was God. It gives awful. people the teehees. That's all it is. I, it was, it was I, I hate horrible. to, I hate to be the snob. I try really hard not to continue to make these statements, but uh, it really is lowest common denominator crap. Let's not mince words with that. But it's over. But it's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. It's over, It's coming David. to an end we can, on we can Christmas. All, we can put these... Oh, that's the best present. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I'm not that's religious. That's me believe in him. I'm that's not religious, but... That's just about enough. 
you know what? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I know this a, is you. That is just about enough to make me believe that Jesus is real. That prison yep. school is coming to an end on Christmas. That that's just about enough. And, I'd like and, to and another, Jesus is an anime fan. He's just okay. Hold up, guys. <laughs> this I is over. Like, it, it's time. You guys have done enough. And and pr- praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let my and people go. <laughs> amen. Let the church say amen. Uh, and another miracle that we're we're gonna talk about in a second: Soul Calibur Six. Yes. Let's just get into that now. Let's just do it. Sure. The games, the fighting it. games. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So last oh, week at uh, the Game Awards, where my my hero Jeff Keeley survived another few hours around a bunch of awkward game devs. Mm-hmm. Katsuhiro and Cuphead Hirata. won three awards. Yes, it did. Good for Cuphead. Good boys. Katsuhi- Katsuhiro Harada and Okaba from Bandai Namco uh, gave us a little teaser trailer welcoming us back to the stage of history and announced <laughs> that Soul Calibur Six is coming in 2018. Jack, 2017 was a was great the- year for fighting Cup- games. Absolutely, it was. It was just a great game, a great year for games in general. Holy crap. Yeah. So and many 28, games. 2018 is looking strong already. 2018 is going to have a lot of stuff for fighting games specifically. Like, holy crap. I, I also like to appreciate just getting into the trailer here. First of all, David, it was a couple of APOSs ago. We were talking about how Soul Calibur was dead and that we should just get over that. Yeah. We need to apologize to our past selves and to yeah. people that we've told that to. I'm sorry that that yeah. happened because I didn't Our want bad. it to be true either, but it's alive. It's alive. It is. And and that's wonderful. And and I want to give a shout out to everyone out there that held out hope. And, Please, and thank me, you being, for me being the cynical person I am, I was saying, Soul Calibur is dead. It's dead. Just just leave it alone. And and no. <laughs> At the oh, Game man. Awards, we got a trailer for Soul Calibur VI. At PlayStation Experience, uh, Otobo-san did an interview with one of the heads of Sony, and it was a pretty good in-depth sit-down interview where we actually got to see some game footage. Yes. Granted, and it's two of the more boring characters in the series, but it's footage, and it looks nice. Hey. There will be no disrespecting Mitsurugi Heishiro on this podcast. None of that. Okay, okay. He's not as bad as no. Keelik. He's not as bad as Keelik. All right. No one's as no. worse as Keelik. Okay. <sighs> no? Yes, we, we got game footage of Soul Calibur, and Jack, it, it looked like it had the speed and the lighting and the feel of Soul Calibur 2 and 3. Like it just Which are that... the finest. Well, three they is. are. I love three a lot. A lot of people love three. A Two's got Lancture, two. and three three is my favorite. Four, yes, memes, Star Wars, sure. Do what you will. And then, I mean, it can only go up for five, can it? We don't talk about Star Calibur <laughs> five. We don't, because they turn my main into Harley Quinn, and I resent that so much. And I haven't been wasn't. able to play Huang Sung Kyung in years. Mm-hmm. And, and the f- yes, the best part of this is we're gonna have Soul Calibur tournaments again, and I'll actually be playing a 3D fighting game. 
That doesn't happen a lot. Ever, really. This also, is good news all around. The fact that when you see the game trailer and you see young Mitsurugi and young Sofitia, it looks like, and this was confirmed in an interview with on Sony's website, that this is a soft reboot of sorts. So they're kind of doing a little bit of a Mortal Kombat 9 thing where they're kind of giving it a little bit of a reboot so I actually might get to play Hwang Sung Kyung again, which fills me with so much life and joy. I, I'm very interested in uh, what will happen to the story because it is cheesy, as most fighting game stories are. However, there are some, like Blaze Blue, more on that in a sec, that are uh, genuinely good. Uh, but Soul Calibur, like... Nothing's really top three in terms of story for me, but this is intriguing me as well with the soft reboot because anything is up in the air. You can fix all kinds of continuity errors. You can you can add uh, characteristics to people, new plot lines. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. And this isn't anything new to the Soul series. We started with Soul Edge. Come on. Come on. I yeah, just need old. any oh, good no, I love me some Soul Edge. Y'all know Soul I Edge. Soul Edge is just excellent. I, I, I always think in my head, just Dama Ize, just good stuff. Good stuff. So so I guess we can just both say the consensus is we're excited. Very, very. That it very. lives after after having basically tried to put it in its coffin a couple times ago. This is great news. We should say more things are dead, which I will be doing. But also Blaze Blue. Oh wait, um, so Soul Calibur uh, Six is going to be available for uh, PC, Xbox, and PS4. Correct? I didn't get that wrong. Yes. Yes. All the systems. Good. So everyone gets to play, unless Except you have a Switch. If you're on a Switch. But Blaze but Blue you know Cross Tag Battle the- will be on the Switch. They're getting Bayonetta three, so hey, yeah, good, and, good on you, Switch owners, good on you, and and Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, and I believe today, uh, today that Ukulele appeared on the Switch, so you know, now you got your retro gaming as well. But Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle is also uh, has has been shown, and thank God because I was worried about this. They did keep it in the sprite format, David, because. Uh, one out of four, a quarter of their character cast uh, is from a CG production, Ruby. But the rest of them are sprites-based, so they kept it sprites. And I'm very thankful for that because I was worried. And it well, looks they fantastic. Are, they are adopting the Ruby characters for the sprite arc system style. So when I saw this new trailer for Blaze Brew Cross Tag, Cross Tag Battle, I was even more sold and i know my friends that are really into ruby they're so into this because for them uh, fighting games are really cool and ha- and one great thing about fighting games is when you have those characters that you really attach yourself to and you can play them in a fighting game it's just such a great great feeling and i have friends that are really into ruby and when i first showed them the first trailer for this and Ruby Rose was in it. And now they've got a couple of the other characters. Like you saw the excitement, you saw the hype in their eyes, like for the first time 
seeing a character like this. And and Ruby is an, an action show. Uh, it makes it sense would, they'd be a fighting game. It would probably make a really good arena-style fighter. It, it would probably make a really good one of those. But seeing them I think in they a did make game, one. It wasn't good, though. This is much maybe, better. Maybe if it were good. Yeah. but Maybe if Ruby was in, good. Sorry. Shots. <laughs> in this <laughs> but aspect, this looks good. It looks like a really good fit. It looks like a really good fit, especially with the Blaze Blue characters. Mm-hmm. It just looks like it will work. And again, 2018, if you're a fighting game fan, it's looking really, really cool. And sorry, everyone. There's also Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And I just want to say to everyone about Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, I'm sorry, everyone. I still don't know anything about Persona. You saw what Conan O'Brien said about Persona when he <laughs> held the box during the Game Awards. If you saw that, his feelings pretty much reflect mine almost <laughs> verbatim when it comes to Persona. Like, I'm going to school. I'm having a part-time job. I'm I'm doing social interactions. There's a book club. No, guys. I. I I'm you might like the anime. If you anime. don't want to play the game, you might like the anime. Cause they, uh, I mean, I wish there was an anime version of 3 because that's kind of my go-to, but... Four is very respectable silver medal by maybe the smallest of margins past Persona 3 for me. But won't force your hand on that, but I I would say it's a very respectable adaptation if you don't want to have a high school simulator. Because God knows that's almost more nightmarish than fighting demons in television world. So it's completely understandable. Uh, No, the Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle is getting all of my excitement and it should be getting your excitement because I'm pretty sure it's available for every thing, every system, all of the things. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm just I'm hoping. I'm 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 hoping for everything. I'm hoping for all the things I want. And they I did realize I did some research. I thought it was only the protagonist, but they did give me fan favorite Hazuma, so I will be able to fight your movie-loving oh, yeah. really friends. You know Hazama's going to be in a game like this. I don't know how I oversaw that, but uh, I will be able to fight other people's ruby waifus with uh, my waifu, Hazama. So, uh, you know, catch these snakes. Catch these snakes. <laughs> this this is going to be uh, There was also game. another revival. <laughs> It'll be so bizarre. Nothing will make any sense, and I appreciate it. I hope there's a really really stupid cheesy crossover story through the whole thing like for uh, Dengeki Bunko fighting climax where Odd. the lolly basketball player gets to fight the strongest man in Ikebukuro just because they're from the same manga serialization magazine I Well it can't be any worse than the story from Marvel versus Capcom Infinite I watched a friend play that I was over. I was over at his place. Actually, I'm going to be calling him out in a minute here. Uh, I, w- I was at his place because I was just taking a little bit of a break from my own environment, and uh, he had bought the game the day of. I'm so sorry that happened to him, but also not because he deserves to suffer for some things. And uh, he just played through the whole thing, and I was just drawing the whole time. And I think I finished about three pages of full, fully colored stuff by the time he had gone to the halfway point. Where he was having trouble with Nemesis. So, or Sentinel, Sentinel. C- 
come on. Come on, that was so bad to watch. Also, why is Spider-Man buff? But moving on. I'm calling him out now because this is important. There is another revival which I had every faith was going to happen because I I knew that this was something that would it it would it, people talked about it and I knew Capcom wouldn't let it die. But this guy, Patrick Scott, Patrick Scott had the gall to tell me one day because we were complaining while he was playing Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Uh, he had the gall to tell me it's just as hard for these Capcom IPs. It's just as hard to be a Mega Man fan as it is to be a Darkstalkers fan. Which, even if neither of them got a revival... Darkstalkers? Wow. I have three games. You have too many. You have 20. Like 80? About. Yeah. Don't, don't you fucking, don't you fucking, you've got plenty of content until you die to play over and over again. But Mega Man did get a revival, and I'm happy for all of you. I will say this with the most level-headed emotion that I can muster. But don't you dare, Patrick Scott, don't you fucking dare come at me with that thought ever again, because you are incorrect, it is completely the opposite of being a Mega Man fan to be a Darkstalkers fan. You know how I know? Capcom gave us a remastered version with all the characters up until Darkstalkers 3. And the only thing they updated were the character portraits in the character select screen. And they look great. You know what else I would have liked to have updated? Uh, smoother control. Trolls, uh, the combo system, uh, the sprites, um, backgrounds look fine. Anything? Give me a new Darkstalkers. Because it's dead. And now I really want what happened to Soul Calibur to happen again, so gods of Apos, whoever's watching us, ending ending prison school and reviving Soul Calibur, please do the same thing to Darkstalkers. Because I'm saying, I said it on Twitter, it got really pop, it was one of my most popular tweets in recent history, and I'll say it here. Street Fighter ain't nothing on Darkstalkers. It is boring in comparison. I don't care. I know Alpha's good. I don't care. The character design, the story, nothing is as exciting as the god of the underworld bringing forth this baby that when birthed will end everything and you play inside the womb that that baby is developing and everyone's a monster and they've all been summoned to this end time rapture situation but also there's a human girl because she is so violent that she qualifies as a monster you can't tell me that's not more exciting than here's another person in kung fu gear here's another person in kung fu gear here's dudley he's all right here's q he's pretty awesome and deserves a better game don't come at me with your mega man street fighter bullshit you don't really have anything to say about the new characters in Street Fighter V Arcade Edition? No no real opinion? Oh boy. I, I can't fucking wait for Street Fighter V. I can't wait to buy Street Fighter II again forever in eternity. Capcom. I, I mean, I'm just asking. I'm asking you. Like, um, <laughs> last night at Capcom Cup, they... Um, which was at PSX, uh, they, did, they did announce five new characters. No, no opinion. Don't don't really care. No, I actually am not aware. So I'm sure this might be 
surprising to me. Um, th- again, this was uh, just last night. Wedding. We're recording on Monday. Uh, it was Sakura, yep. Cody, All right. uh, mm-hmm. a character called Falky, who kind of gave me a vibe of Mature f- from King of Fighters. Hello, how you doing? A <laughs> character called Q, not Q, G, a character called G, and did I mention Cody? Uh, and Sagat. So five characters in total with two of them I, that right. I'm really not I was hoping with against all. all hope. I, I was hoping against all hope that you were about to tell me that they were putting Dark Soccer's characters in, but yeah. Oh, Blanca! I, I mean, that's what now. Marvel versus Capcom Infinite's all about. Oh boy, Blanca! Boy, I love fighting against Blanca players that never rage quit. Well, uh, apparently, as I found out last night watching Capcom Cup, apparently nobody likes Blanca. Apparently, the only person oh that oh likes- all the children who play on the internet love Blanca. The only person that likes Blanca is Yoshinori Ono. <laughs> well, I he's like Sakura o- and Cody well he, enough. He's the only one that likes Blanca. But since it's his <laughs> game, since it's his fucking game, what are you going to do about it? I, I mean, I'm not going to do anything because uh, I, I, I had hopes. I like Sakura and Cody well enough, and I hope G, G would have any to Q, but that's likely not the case. <laughs> if it were a grandpa dressed up in in all of this like heavy chains and sagging pants, that would be really amusing to me. Well, like it does he's the original like, grandpa. It, it does kind of look like a grandpa, but he's wearing a suit and a top hat. Okay, so he's like he's he's Dudley Light. Uh he's older Dudley. Okay. Well, that's good for you if you like. Street Fighter Five. I'll be over here playing a better fighting game. Like I'm just I having said, all the sass tonight. One of the one of the newer characters, Falky. Hey, how you doing? Somebody's hey. gonna start cosplaying that one. I'm I'm all right with that. I mean, I, I have me nothing. At just call me DJM, everybody. I I have I'm, nothing to I've say about that. Fu- I've already fully admitted that I'm trash. So, what are you gonna do? Hey, I, I, I was not, uh, I was not against telling all the Calamaria cosplayers I know will exist on the Cuphead cosplay front. Hey, so I'm, I am with you. Well, let's let's, let's <laughs> kind of stay on that wavelength. There was, there's one more thing we're gonna talk about, you guys, and then we're we're gonna go out of here and and cry at, at how trash we we are. Yeah, uh, Jack, Jack, you wanted to talk about this this particular drawing. <laughs> That was making its way across the internet. And when we were talking about this, this was one of those instances where it might have been another one of those instances where I thought, this can't really be a thing. This is just some innocuous drawing of Yoshi that, okay, some dude tweeted that this drawing of a girl kind of looked like Yoshi with a human head on top of it. And it was like, okay, just somebody doing some innocuous nothing drawing on the internet and then splicing, hey, we're all shit posting now because it's the internet and nothing matters. But apparently, Jack, this kind of this kind of ballooned and grew out of proportion. So uh, tell me what happened, Jack, and, and <laughs> why like is this a Jack. deal? 
Okay, well, uh, the, the Yoshi drawing is part of this much bigger, doesn't have to be a controversy, but it's gaining, gaining wildfire-like one. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, the game nobody cares about unless you only have access to Nintendo consoles and that's the only RPG you can play, uh, recently dropped. And uh, there is a character called Suki, who has a very distinct character design. And uh, David, that picture of Yoshi with uh, the human, the human girl's head on it is uh, there. There's no. This is not an exaggeration when I say that his outline on that doesn't at all overlap uh, the the girl's physical uh, physique, her attributes. It is entirely that kind of shape. I believe and, uh, when we were talking about this story in the Skype chat, I believe yeah. my exact words were, her back would literally be impossible. Yes, everybody is making that point. Uh, this has been a huge point of contention. It's almost trying to be Gamergate 2.0 out there, and let me just shut it down and say it don't have to be that. There are people saying it's dumb, it's stupid, it is absolutely the dumbest thing ever, and it's really hurtful and oppressive to women. And then there are the people going, it ain't that big of a deal. It's fine. I'm in the middle, and I'm saying I don't think it's hurting anybody because as far as I know, no other character looks like this in the game, and I don't care enough about theories to check. Maybe someone who's a big Xenoblade fan will come out and let us know who knows but uh this is a bad character design and i don't think there's any big political anything that needs to come out of it it's just bad i i want to know as someone who admittedly does have some sjw tendencies Mm -hmm. no secret there i'm pretty open about that exactly who is getting upset about this and and how many of them have actually seen human women in 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 the 3d as we Mm -hmm. say here on this podcast as opposed to the 2d a friendly reminder to y'all 3d live people women's look much better in reality than they do in whatever this is it comes from two sides. It comes from your average uh, Reddit uh, subreddit incel dwellers, and then it comes from the really, really, really vocal SJWs on both sides of this point of contention. And then there, there's me, and I go, this is just dumb. This is really stupid. So I just want to verbally describe this for everybody and why it is bad. And then just remind you... Again, 3D is much better than 2D, and it ain't that deep. It's not an attack on women. It's just bad in general. Uh, much like, uh, much like I know you were talking about this earlier today, and uh, people will likely continue to have a dialogue on this. But Ready Player One ain't an attack on nobody. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. Believe me, I read the book twice. That's at oh, Jack D. Jack. Tyler D. Look, I thought I would do I, that to yourself. The first, the first point was I thought it would be a good thing, and continued on, and thought, "How do I do this to joust?" And just had to finish it because I finish books. And then the second time was, 
when this movie, and I use the term loosely, became a, a news thing where they were saying it was being made. And so I read it again just to make sure I was fresh on all the memes that I would tell y'all. Yeah. But on, on the subject of things I haven't hurt myself with, uh, I think I know anatomy fairly well, so let me describe this as best I can. Uh, this is your typical cell-shaded anime girl model in the face with bright blue eyes and the pale lips, the, the nose shadow, not, not any bridge, anything like that, just that small indication of a nose, fairly reasonable bangs that balloon outward behind her head into what I can only describe as pizza pretzel twists. And they're white, so, you know, she's got the vanilla flavor. That fade into blue, so I guess she's got some kind of crest uh, mouthwash dipping sauce for them. You know, just in case your character is hungry. Are you still playing a Shulk? I don't know. It's Xenoblade. Uh, Her shoulders and her neck are fine. The arms, okay. The hands are a little meat pawish and then you swoop down and she's got she's got some titties these are not what you can call breasts or boobs they are they have graduated to titties with two d's um with three d's even maybe e who knows uh they are maybe they are maybe halfway down her waist is how big they are that, like, they're not sagging, that's just how big the circumference is. And uh, then her, uh, is in a, in the Newton's law of every action has an equal and opposite reaction, the weight of her massive breasts has caused the, her back to make a literal 90 degree angle. Which juts out into her ass and what I can only assume is a pregnant belly. And David... It's not possible. David, women, if the one thing is relatively possible, it's that, thank goodness, Japan realized that you should probably model women because women don't typically have flat stomachs just because of what they've kind of got underneath their equipment situation. You know, babies go there. But this woman looks like she might already be pregnant. And the fact that they've somehow shrunk the size of her thighs to not match the gigantic ass behind them is not helping anything. This is straight up someone saying, okay, ass, titties, uh, pretzel twist hair, got it. And would you like to guess what she's wearing, David? Uh, Percentage-wise, like how much of her skin is being covered? It's not a lot. That's about right. She's wearing basically uh, a, a, a blue lace everywhere, just from her neck to what appears to be a swimsuit line. And it goes down her thighs a little bit like garters, I guess. Maybe she's a mistress. Who knows? And then, of course, some sort of cleavage is present. But, you know, you can see everything, basically. If they modeled her with nipples, you'd be able to see them through this outfit is it an outfit i don't think this constitutes an outfit i think this constitutes i i'm at my honeymoon and this is what my husband bought me kind of deal 
it's not, not all that being said being as colorful as i can with this language david i don't think this is an attack on women do you i just think it's stupid i just think it's a bad design anatomically this is an attack on women i think it's just (laughs) terrible i think it's someone actually likes women a little bit too much even uh to the point where they've kind of forgotten what women look like maybe they uh haven't spoken to a woman in a while i would i would i would assume such from looking at this but who knows I, I don't really want to reach out and and research them, meet them, anything like that. I just kind of want this to be gone. I want people to stop talking about it because it's not – it ain't that deep. It ain't that deep, people. This is just silly. And I wanted to describe it just to go, hey, I kind of draw people a lot. It's kind of my thing. I fool with anatomy. Don't think it ever gets this far. Guys, just just let it go. Come to think of it, she does kind of look like some hentai version of Elsa, so that's an unfortunate thing to say. Just just let it go. And (laughs) cosplayers. Do you do you think people will cosplay this just for the funnies? Because I think they could. I think it'd be kind of amusing to see people cosplay this. I have no room to talk when it tells. When it comes to telling people to cosplay things simply for the sake of laughs, I have no room. So neither do I. I'm being forced to cosplay Bendy, and everybody knows I dislike Bendy and the Ink Machine greatly. But I'm doing it because I lost a bet, and it's it's funny. So I'll do it. <laughs> Matt Hardy has reawoken his broken brilliance, and I'm really glad I kept those pants. So I've no. <laughs> I have no I have no leg to stand on. The the only thing I will say is man, whoever decides to cosplay this, they better stream on Twitch cuz they will <laughs> rake in all the monies. They will You've rake got in you've got uh monies. You've got big bros to fill. Ladies and and possible cross-dressing men of the universe, you've got big bras to fill. <sighs> But yeah, I mean, it's Xenoblade 2, so it's not like this was a new Final Fantasy title or anything. Apologies to anyone who does genuinely watch or uh, uh, follow the Xenoblade series, but this just doesn't really. seem like it should be a huge controversy like people were trying to make it. Just, you you can let it go, people. And uh, think of all the great fighting games to come. Think of all the cool anime that we have spoken of, and and I would say most likely we recommend basically across the board everything we've spoken and if of. Nothing else, except prison of, school. If nothing else, everyone, think of real life three D titties. Think of those. Yes. Think of those, which you can find at Twitch IRL to the to the to the joy of the to joy the joy of, of some. some. <laughs> to the confusion of others and to the ire of the rest. To the ire of the people in the creative tab who are really, really trying. And I see you. Just saying it right now. Now, I see you. You can hear me. You can't see me, but I can see you. That sounds creepier than I meant it to sound. David, <laughs> I think this is a podcast. I think we've, I think I think we've animated in some this sort. Is- 
this is two handfuls worth of a podcast, Jack. So I'm just going to wrap it up. Please Thank do. Thank you all for listening. You can listen to the anime podcast of some sort in iTunes and Stitcher at DeltaJulietMike.com where you can get the RSS feed and you can find it wherever podcasts are aggregated. Check it out on your podcatcher of choice. It's also, if you've got one of those fancy smart speakers things, you can check out APOS and tune in. If you've got an Alexa, if you've got a Google Home, just talk to it however you would to look for a podcast. Look for the anime podcast of some sort. It's there. We're even on Spotify, too. Oh, yes. We on Spotify, too, baby. And that, as always... Be nice Delta- or uh, Alexa though because the uncanny valley and the singularity will come up to catch you and rise against you if you are rude about the way you request for your apos there so actually please. was a story on that I, I was <laughs> okay about that this morning where it, people that say please and thank you to their ai so yes be nice and be nice be nice to the old apos follow us on twitter i'm at just call me djm jack is at jack d tyler d I can't think of all of Jack's like other things at the moment. Rock behind the wheel on Instagram. Are you still doing Dr. Yep. Junkenstein, I presume, on the tumblers? Uh, if you just want to see what I've got going at rock behind the wheel on Instagram. Otherwise, uh, find me there. Just find me there. And Twitter. Twitter's the main one now just because uh, it became the most convenient. And for all of my friends who have recently found my Twitter, I'm sorry. But I'm also hilarious, so I have no regrets. And to my friends that follow me on Twitter, we'll see you next time on Apos. I regret everything. Thank you.